Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh-oh. Deshaun Watson grabbing his right ankle and getting up a little... A little bit gingerly. Kind of stomping it out right now. It looks week, like he's going to stay in the game. But a week 16 matchup. Something to watch for. He's kind of pulling it. He's still it. messing around with it. Mm-hmm. Saturday, live and local. Dusty Likens, Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Coming up after us, Chris Unicero and Julio Sanchez with overtime. Coming up at 3.30, it's New England versus Buffalo. Um, and then uh, later on tonight is San Francisco and the Rams in an NFC West battle. Sean Watson's really kind of messing with that ankle, that right ankle of his. He's kind of just can't leave it alone. Keeps kind of poking it at the ground, grabbing at it with his right hand. Uh, 11 minutes left in that game. That game is all square, 17-17. If you listen to the Forced to Punt podcast, it was available on the 435 Podcast Network. That is something that myself and scumbag Steven Serta do. Uh, every week as we got you ready for championship week. I told you that Brashard Perriman was a start, a must start. Um, he's been all over the field today for Jameis Winston as Jameis Winston has thrown for 200, almost 200 yards in the first half. Also two interceptions, a pick six as well. Um, and yet the game is tied and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are seven and seven. So um, you kind of love to see something like that because one, it's not your quarterbacker team. Um, and it just doesn't have anything to do with you in the AFC. It's just all NFC stuff. But the Chiefs will see Jameis Winston next year if he's a part of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year, which he should be. I mean, they got to give him a contract, but I think he will be a part of that team. Um, I don't believe Marcus Mariota would be a part of that team because those guys will forever be linked together in the NFL draft. And speaking of guys that will forever be linked together in the NFL draft, that is Mitchell Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes. That will be... The main topic that the Sunday Night Football crew will talk about when they talk about the Chiefs versus Bears. They will also talk about Matt Nagy versus Andy Reid. They will also talk about Terrell Suggs, Khalil Mack, all those type of guys. But one thing that won't be talked about, I don't think very much so, is something that we heard B.J. Kissel say um, earlier today because this was B.J. Kissel on what Mahomes can do Sunday to make history in the NFL. Mahomes just needs 13 passing yards and two touchdowns to hit the 9,000-yard and 75 touchdown marks in his career. If he hits either of those on Sunday night, he'd be the first player in NFL history to do that in his first 30 career games. But again, that's easier said than done against this Bears defense, which ranks third in the NFL in scoring, has had just one game all season, which was against the New Orleans Saints, that they allowed more than 24 points and they specialize in shutting down big plays, allowing the second-fewest number of points scored from outside the red zone in the NFL this season. Why we bring that up is because Mahomes is always going to be linked to the Chicago Bears. 
I think that's a fair assessment to make, right? I Absolutely, yeah. I, I think that when you think about it, you see what Mahomes has done against the teams in the division, right? We start with the Oakland Raiders. We talked about this to start the show. Welcome into the show again as this is the final hour of Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. But we talked about this to start our show off, and we want to bring it back to you because it's the opening, it's the opening subject. And that is the fact that is, you know, you think about what Mahomes has done to the Oakland Raiders and the looks that John Gruden has had when he just watches Patrick Mahomes play his team. And the look that John Gruden kind of has on his face is just like, what in the hell am I going to do for the rest of these 10 years on this contract? Good luck. You got to figure it out. John Gruden um, and the Oakland Raiders have seen Patrick Mahomes. They've yet to beat Jet Patrick Mahomes. He's 4-0 against the Raiders, right? Patrick Mahomes is 11-1 versus the AFC West. If he beats the Chargers next Sunday, he will be 12-1 versus the AFC West. Chiefs fans know what it's like to see a quarterback that just so happens to be that quarterback that you always have to go against. When they had to go against John Elway for all those years. I remember as a kid sitting on my couch, seeing the Chiefs go up by 10 with six minutes left in the game. Somehow, the Chiefs lost by four because John Elway got the ball two more times and scored two touchdowns marching down the field, ripping out your heart like in the movie Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's just what it was. And then you got to see John Elway's face that night two years ago when Patrick Mahomes came from behind in the fourth quarter against that Denver defense in Denver, where he threw the ball left-handed to Tyreek Hill to continue play. And you got to see what John Elway got to look like, where he was like, holy crap. So this is it. This is the next quarterback in the AFC West and the next quarterback in the AFC, hell, we'll call it the NFL, for many, many years moving forward as long as everything goes the way it should. And then I think with Vance Joseph and the Los Angeles Chargers, I think he was just more so like, I've got to figure out my own in-house problems when it comes to Phillip Rivers and it comes to teams like this because... Before I can worry about Patrick Mahomes, I've got to worry about something else. But we've seen his face when Patrick Mahomes comes out and just starts firing the football all throughout the field. Nobody has an answer for Pat. And they haven't yet, except for New England, right? I won't even give the Rams credit because that was just a shootout and our defense just couldn't hold credit thanks to Bob Sutton. But the Bears are forever connected to Patrick Mahomes. As long as Patrick Mahomes continues to play football, you know why. They traded up to the second overall pick with the San Francisco 49ers and decided to take Mitchell Trubisky out of North Carolina. We know that. It's very well advertised. They will talk about it all the time on Sunday night. But what's crazy is, is that the Chicago Bears already see it, and now if Mahomes can go out there and do what he did last week in the snow, do what he's tended to do most of his tenure in the NFL, which is, be the fastest person to potentially get to 9,000 yards and 75 touchdowns at the age of 24? And then here's what their defensive coordinator is saying about the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs going into a game in which Mahomes can show the Bears fans how much it really does sting when you passed on him. It's really, really easy for him. I mean, it's crazy being as young as he is. Um, I mean, this guy orchestrates that that whole thing. Um, he, does a, he does a phenomenal job, and he looks like he's been – you know, in that system for 10 years. Uh, there's no, uh, there's no panic. Um, he's, uh, he's rare. He's elite, whatever, you know, adjective you want to put on him. Uh, the arm talent is crazy. 
the throws that he makes uh, on schedule are crazy. The off-schedule ones are, are just uh, mind-boggling. Um, under duress, uh, you know, feet not set, drifting backwards, um, jumping up in the air, across his body. Um, you guys have seen him all. We've seen him all. He's he's just a tremendous, tremendous player. Um, his football intelligence has got to be off the charts um, because of all the stuff that they do. And you know, he manages that. He manages the clock. He manages the formations. He manages protections. And I know he's got a bunch of smart guys around him and coaches surround him with a bunch of talent. Uh, but he does. Uh, he's a smooth operator. He just looks. He's you know, it's Madden. You know, on you know times a thousand oh. you know it's for real you uh-huh. know it's not a game you know type deal and he just he's he's scary good the two most important things from that audio cut from uh coach pagano the defensive coordinator former coach of the indianapolis colts is the fact that he says a madden reference with his age demographic and then the other thing too is that he never once said something about and again it's a clip taken out of context because it's from a whole press conference But just listening to how he describes Patrick Mahomes, he is this. He is great. It seems like he's ahead of his time. He seems like a 10-year vet. doesn't seem like anything he does bad works out bad at all because everything he does that you're not supposed to do turns out to be good. And also when it comes to it, you think about what Matt Nagy, who got a little bit of taste, a little bit of taste of what it's like to see Patrick Mahomes when he says that, like, you know, it's not important to emphasis on emphasis that this isn't one of these games of Trubisky versus Mahomes, but you can hear in Matt Nagy's voice. Who once was in Kansas City? Who once saw Patrick Mahomes? Who once got his play calling taken away on that Week 17 game because Andy Reid was like, <laughs> sit back. Here's what Matt Nagy said when it comes to comparing Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky. Well, you know, that that's um, it, it never is. It, it's regardless of whoever you're playing. Now, there's more significance to somebody asking that question to me just because of them being drafted in the in the same draft class and so but i always go back to the way i look at it is i go back to when patrick and mitchell and and deshaun uh and some of those guys they they, i remember them specifically talking about wanting to be the best quarterback class to ever come through in the nfl and i think that's what i took away from things is um is is doing that well you know who knows over time how that'll work out but um, I just think that it's important for, and I know coaches the same way. You know, this is this is the Chiefs versus the Bears, and um, and that's just why I felt that was important. The other thing that's crazy about this week is the Chicago Bears and the Kansas City Chiefs square off in a Sunday night game at seven twenty that wasn't flexed out because we know who the quarterback is of the Chiefs, and I think NBC just wants them some Patrick Mahomes, but also. When it came to this game, when it shows that Bears fans can actually see like what they had to get, what their franchise passed on, when it came even to Patrick Bowens, but also into Sean Watson, here's what it's like when they asked Mitchell Trubisky. And the way that this reporter asked this question is just almost cringeworthy if you were Mitchell Trubisky. No, you just you just play your game uh, and uh, find a way to win for your team. So the comparisons are out there, and they're never going to stop. Um kind of me, Pat, and, and, and uh, Deshaun are kind of all grouped together because we're in the same draft class, drafting in the first round and um, and all that. But uh, there, there's no do-overs. We are where we are. Um, our careers are going in different paths, and, and they will for the rest of the time, and they're always going to be compared against each other. So it's just kind of just the nature of the beast. But um, I'm in competition with myself, just trying to be the best version of me, go out there and uh, win games for the Chicago Bears. And um, it's just something that I can't control. And uh, it is what it is, but um, pretty 
two two good guys uh, to be in, in comparison with and um, just competing with, and hopefully we just uh, keep getting better and help the league. Pretty good. Pretty good, guys. One guy's already won MVP. He's getting ready to throw for 9,000 yards, 75 touchdowns. The other guy's uh, on his way to be an MVP at some point. He's just got to get away from Bill O'Brien, and that guy is holding on to a three-point lead against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is the holiday season. Last year, we broke down Home Alone 1. This year, it's Home Alone 2. So, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Best bump music we have. Saturday, 2.18 in the afternoon. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to Out of Bounds on Live and Local. Uh, NFL Saturday, so a good slate. 12, 12 o'clock, 3.30, and, th- and 7.30 tonight. And then tomorrow, it's all about prime time. 7.20, Chiefs versus the Bears. Patrick Mahomes, Mitchell Trubisky, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy. Pagano versus Spagnola. It's like Italian versus Italian right there. That's that's right. That's what I needed. I need those two guys, one to speak in his Boston accent, and then just Pagano to speak like really Italian. Like Spags be like, yeah, you want to go over there? You want to fight over there? Is that what you want to do? And then you just have, like, which was a terrible Boston accent. And then you just have Pagano be like, I don't want to go over there. Just stick to your side, okay? Forget about it. I don't want to play Madden times a thousand. Which is what he just used to describe Patrick Mahomes. Um, coming up after us, Kristen Nocero, Julio Sanchez with overtime. And then live and local is a wrap. And then tomorrow you get all types of programming. You get Steven Serta from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. You get myself from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then at 5.20 p.m. you'll have Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson for Arrowhead Pride pregame show. That goes all the way up to first kick. And uh, then Jay Beakley comes in for the postgame show with Pete Sweeney. And the whole time, all that's going on, Nick Price will be here with the guys as well. So uh, enjoy that late primetime game. You love to see it. Yeah, you love to see it. I definitely was not upset at all when they didn't flex that game. Why? No, I was. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Uh, More upset that KU lost or more upset they didn't flex that game? Probably flex. Okay. Because now what? You're getting home about about what? Uh, Yeah, it's 1.30. It'll be 1 o'clock. Yeah. Right before the Christmas holiday, man. Hopefully everybody's out there on Panic Saturday, getting those last-minute gifts, collecting those uh, those gift cards, all the stocking stuff for Saturday. That's what I feel like today is. Stocking stuff for Saturday. I don't know. Just call it an acronym. Just call it the SSS. Stocking stuff for Saturday. Um Last year, we did something that was really fun. We kind of watched Home Alone, the first one, and then we broke down, like, every time that, like, Marv and Harry would die. It's now time to break down the sequel of Home Alone 2. So I have several questions, okay? I have many questions when it involves Home Alone 2, first of which, a kid who hates his family loves Christmas this much. Like, his family literally does suck. His family is terrible. Like the worst family. Now I get it. Kevin McAllister's not the nicest kid. In the first one, he right. says, why don't, you hang up the mo- why don't you hang up the phone and make me, why don't you? Yeah, he's kind of a loner, too. You know, yeah. doesn't really fit in with the rest of his family. But still, man. It's just interesting that he loves Christmas that much, which is a really big Christmas, like, family is like Christmas family and kind of stuff. But yet, 
wishes his family would disappear. And in the second one, he uh, calls them all a bunch of jerks. I have questions about the dad, Peter McAllister, the father. I have a question about him because if he's so rich, that means he's probably somewhat intelligent. He's not very intelligent when it comes to Home Alone 1 or 2. Not at all. Especially in Home Alone 2. Peter McAllister unplugs unplugs the clock. He knows it's the clock because he literally bends down to unplug it to charge this other thing. And he watches the clock go off. Yet they miss the time to get up in the morning because of Peter McAllister. The other thing that he does, other than wearing a very putrid colored brown jacket to the airport that seems that everybody else got the same jacket the year before for Christmas. That brown jacket, red, uh, red scarf oh, combo. It's terrible. Peter McAllister lets his wallet be in his bag, which, if you think about it, you always carry your wallet on you. This is also like 1992, where you carried money and traveler's checks everywhere, including credit cards. And you let your son take your wallet with all your cash and your credit card. Oh, and then you're going to get mad at the end when he spends $943.67 on room service? By the way, that's to the cent knowledge right there. Other question I have, Uncle Frank. This is problem. No, I don't know. But the set that that man has on him between his legs is insane. Mm-hmm. Because Uncle Frank goes into that house two years in a row and made that damn place his. And the second one, you hear him singing the song, Parade old guy who could really do the cuda. And then he just takes a hot ass shower. Doesn't give a sh- crap that there's other people in the house as well as him. That there's hot steam water going all throughout the entire house. Not that anybody else has to take a shower because I can guarantee you what, Uncle Frank. Now everybody else is going to get a cold shower. Oh, not only that, you're riding the coattails of your brother who's extremely more rich and successful than you. So then what you do is you tell their son who's eight years old, you better not ruin this trip. Your dad's had put a lot of money into this. Oh, and you also gave the son just some terrible knowledge that if he ever saw him naked, he'd never grow up the same person again. Uncle Frank, I don't know who made you in charge, but you are not the guy that you would be talking to my kid like that. The set on Uncle Frank is amazing. No way. And I think that you should be a little sensitive to the situation, right? But he's like, right. don't screw this up for me. Yeah, you better Come not. Come on, Kevin. You better not screw this up. Then he says in the very first one, I think, look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. And then if you watch at the very end of Home Alone 2, Uncle Frank is just putting gifts underneath his hands and pockets that Mr. Duncan gave because Kevin McAllister, the kid that he made fun of for the last two movies, saved that man's store, got that money back for that church or for that hospital. And Uncle Frank, ah, man, you are a real Richard. Also, Buzz deserved it. Buzz sucks. Buzz is the worst person in the entire family. What he does to Kevin in that recital is absolutely worth getting punched in the chest for. And oh, by the way, are we going to forget about the girl or the woman who plays the piano, that steel Christmas tree that fell down? I'm pretty sure she's dead. She falls over, probably snaps her neck. We never followed up. We never never followed followed up. up. We just kind of moved on. No one ever followed up. The old lady that plays the piano in the recital, got to be dead. Her age is really high up there. She took one hell of a whack to the head with that Christmas tree, fell off, and then it's just... Nothing. We don't know what happened. They just cut away. Which normally what happens when they cut away that quick? Someone's probably dead. What did Buzz uh, say to Kevin after he, like, fake apologized to? Yeah, he called him a trout sniffer. Yeah. I never understood what that was. I even Urban Dictionary did to make sure I was okay to say it on air. And it just says what Buzz calls Kevin in Home Alone 2. You know, Buzz looks like the live-action version of Syndrome from The Incredibles. That's a pretty good pull. Yeah. Um, 
For those of you that didn't notice the scene, Kevin McAllister is at one point on top of the World Trade Centers with the old Polaroid camera they had to pull out and shake it like a Polaroid picture that they talk about in the Outcast song. Mm-hmm. That was Kevin McAllister on top of the World Trade Center. Later on in the movie, they do a wide shot, and in today's edited versions, they have taken out the World Trade Centers. Interesting. It is very interesting. Also, we need to an attempt, at least somebody needs to, to try to make some sort of documentary film on angels with even filthier souls because it's a movie within a movie. What a great movie that is. I want to see that movie all the way from start to finish. Why? Because it's not even a full real-life movie, but I can quote that guy. I knew it was you. I could smell you getting off the elevator. You've been smooching with everybody. Snuffy, Ale, Leo, Little Bo with the, bo- with the bony leg, Chiefs, Cliff, Bony Bob. It's a lie. That's the best scene in the whole movie. They get the entire concierge, sir, to absolutely freak out and lose their minds. Now you move on to the stunts. Harry and Marv return in the Home Alone 2. I'm pretty sure Marv dies six times because he takes five bricks to the head. Yeah, I mean, the first one, the first brick off of a four or five story building probably should do you in, right? But Kevin just keeps drilling him, squaring the forehead over and over and over again. And before that even happened, I want to talk about how uh, how Harry probably should have died when they were when they were robbing the toy store, and then he gets tossed in the air. Yeah, and falls into a car. A car. Not only that, but he's but like okay. A '90s car, so heavy steel, right. not environmentally friendly. No. This is no Prius. And like crushes it. Yeah, this isn't a Prius. This isn't a Chevy Impala that's been revamped. This is an old school Oldsmobile, maybe a Lincoln Town car. Completely breaks it. Breaks it on the glass. Oh, by the way, then Marv goes inside the building. And he falls three stories out. You know, when he says, Harry, I've reached the top. He falls all the way down to his face, probably breaking his face, his body, his ribs, puncturing along, internal bleeding. Then he looks up and says, wow, what a hole. Then you move on from that. Marv pulls a hundred pound bag of plaster that has to break his neck. There's another death. Another death that could have happened to Marv. He tries to turn on the sink to wash his face of all the paint. Gets electrocuted. He turns into a literal skeleton. He turns into a skeleton, but yet is somehow still alive. Also, let's not forget how twisted and demonic Kevin McAllister has to be knowing that guy's getting shocked and just continues to crank up the voltage. What a little Richard. Right, like this little, this kid is so twisted. And yet, he just loves Christmas. He just wants to see people happy except for those two. Hates his family and hates the sticky slash wet bandits. Also, you look at he, Harry. He lit the rope on fire. He soaked it in kerosene and yeah. tried to burn them alive. That's arson. He also, you look at Harry. He filled a toilet full of kerosene. Harry lit his head on fire, fell into the toilet, did a handstand, a perfect the, the handstand. Very acrobatic. Very much so for Joe Pesci. And he literally blew the entire apartment up. Like the entire apartment goes boom. And yet Harry's still alive. Doubt it. The tools that fall on top of his head, that's a concussion. When Harry leaps up to the ladder to try to get it, but a bunch of goops on there and he falls, definitely broke his neck. Another death. When they're standing on the stairs and the giant metal bar comes down and hits him in the face, broken face, broken nose, damaged eye sockets, probably another concussion, falls to the ground, broke their back. They're also dead. So right now we're in a tally of about nine deaths for Home Alone characters, Marv and Harry, in the second movie. And then, of course, like Nick Price said at the very end, They literally climb up a rope soaked in kerosene. It goes up in fire. Then they fall down. Lacquer punches them in their face. Then they fall down, and the metal bar comes back, crushing their internal organs. Harry and Marv literally died 17 times in Home Alone 2, but yet they're going to jail because the pigeon lady threw birdseed on them after they had lacquer over their entire body. One last thing, too, Dusty, is the whole time, you know, it's just aggravating me to watch this because I'm like, how are they not a little bit more cautious of where Kevin is? 
just at all times after what happened last year. There's no like, where's Kevin? Hey, make sure we got Kevin. And then at the very end of the movie, after they've done it not once but twice, he just sneaks out of the house. He goes sees the pigeon lady. But not only just sneaks out of the house, takes time to take off his pajamas, his robes, and his slippers, yes. and then changes into like his full winter gear. And which goes is down like to a, Central Park alone, literally, which is by like himself, a, which is literally inside of. He's got this kind of outfit on. He's probably got long johns on. He's got heavy pants on, socks and boots. Then he's got a t-shirt, a, a long sleeve shirt, and a sweater. Plus a jacket, plus heads, plus a headgear, plus he's got mittens on. Yet his family was so wrapped up in gifts. And here's out Kevin giving two turtle doves to the pigeon lady, who was also the lady that raised Roger from Angels in the Outfield. God bless Maggie from Angels in the Outfield. Last but not least, if Kevin McAllister didn't, if Kevin McAllister didn't grow up and become an engineer, he missed his calling because someone who can like saw a ladder just enough to withstand his own weight. But when Joe Pesci gets on there, it collapses. And to cut out holes and to do all that in back-to-back movies, Kevin McAllister should have probably been either a cop or he should have been an engineer. The kid's literally the only smart person in any of these movies. Low-key, Macaulay Culkin once dated Mila Kunis for about five years. So beat up some bad guys, create some gadgets and booby traps in your house, and you can date the hot chick from that 70s show. You love to see it. You do. You don't hate to see that. But something that you also love to see is that it's time to go outside the NFL. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. I've got a feeling this over is going to hit Tampa Bay and Texans. What's the over under? I think it's 49. They're currently at 40. There's 12 minutes left to play, and you got Jameis versus Deshaun. Um, we're going to look that up real quick because I believe on the Force to Punt podcast on the 435 Podcast Network with myself and Steven Serta, I said Tampa Bay games are always fun because they always seem to hit the over. Um, the over is 49 and a half. So we need 10 more points. Two touchdowns will do it. Two scores. Um, Patriots are six and a, six and a half favorites over the Bills today. That game starts at 3.30. Chiefs fans will be watching that one. We'll all be part of the Bills Mafia. In fact, Nick Price has already said that if the Bills win, he will do an elbow drop through a burning table. Best plan. Just can't do it on air because it's not allowed. Um, but the Bills are six and a half point dogs. The over-under in that game um, is 37 and a half. So the last time these two teams played, the final score was 17 to 10. Um, so I think I honestly would probably take the under. I don't know what Josh Allen can do against that defense, let alone I don't know what Tom Brady can honestly do with that offense against the Bills defense that looked really good last week, even though they went against Duck Hodges and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then your late game tonight, Niners and Rams. Niners are six and a half point favorites. The over under on that is 45. I think honestly that game will hit the over. San Francisco's defense hasn't really been the same defense it's been all year. Um, but currently, the Bucks and Texans are tied at 20-20, and the next game to slate off on your NFL Saturday is 3-30 with Bills and Patriots, with the Patriots losing. The Chiefs would then take over the number two seed. Um, from the text line, home alone. Really? Come on, guys. Please talk Chiefs. Um, we talked Chiefs for, like, the entire show. Uh, we just did that last year because it's almost Christmas. It'll be Christmas on Wednesday. We both watched Home Alone 2 last night, not together, but in opposite places. 
And we last year broke down Home Alone 1, and this year we broke down Home Alone 2. It's, it's okay to have some fun every once in a while. It's a tradition if it's relevant, and Christmas is coming. And speaking of something else, today's the first day of winter. Happy winter solstice. Today and tomorrow will be the shortest days um, for the entire year. Uh, I don't know if that means 2020, but at least for the year 2019, tomorrow and today will be the shortest day. So when it goes sundown at 4 o'clock today, Ned Stark tried to tell you, winter's here. But we do this every week. We go outside the NFL. So way to stay relevant for all the wrong reasons, Joe Horn. This is via oh, TMZ man. Sports. But former Saints and Chiefs wide receiver Joe Horn facing up to 10 years in prison after he pled guilty to scamming the NFL's retired player health care plan out of nearly $150,000. He's Ooh. one of several ex-NFL players, including Clinton Portis, used to be a big fantasy play who was charged by federal prosecutors earlier this month with defrauding the NFL player health reimbursement account plan. They're saying Horn and the others saw reimbursements for things like expensive medical equipment and prescriptions that they never actually bought in the first place. According to court documents, Chargers or the charge carries a sentence of up to 10 years behind bars as well as a fine of up to $250,000 plus probation. I mean, you hate to see that, right? Yeah. Joe Horn's got a lot of uh, local ties around here, to be honest with you. He's uh, got a brother that is a defensive coordinator for Blue Springs South High School. And his other brother uh, does a lot of high school um, a lot of high school uh, coaching as well. As he went uh, and helped out some teams in the past. And now that they have this, it seems like Joe Horn's Sharpie issues are something of very minimal from the past of NFL fights. <laughs> for real. Uh, so moving on here, Steelers safety Cameron Kelly was waived after an altercation at a bar and terrorist threats. This is also from TMZ Sports. He was arrested on Friday after he allegedly made terroristic threats during an altercation at a Pittsburgh area bar. Uh, he refused to leave the pub once cops came. They reported the scene to the police officers. They ended up having to basically just beat him up and try to get him out of the bar. And then he started making threats, and the Steelers waived him following the arrest. I mean, <sighs> That Steelers defense was looking up. Not so much right now. Nope. And Mike Tomlin doesn't know what to do about that because Mike Tomlin is just basically going to stay away from it. Pittsburgh Steelers, you got a lot going on your plate to make the playoffs, and this doesn't help. No, not at all. Also, something that, I mean, personally, you just hate to see, Josh Gordon suspended indefinitely for violating the NFL substance abuse policy again. Again. Man, they really <sighs> got to get uh, they really got to get marijuana out of football. Like yeah. They just got to do what the MLB did to its yeah. minor league association. Like, I remember reading Jeff Passant's tweet. He said, Minor leaguer's biggest question wasn't, when does baseball start? It was, when can I smoke weed again? And that law officially became official because they don't get tested for it in Major League Baseball. They don't get tested for it in the NBA. They don't get tested for it in Minor League Baseball. The biggest, roughest, dangerous sport in football where players that retire from the NFL and say what helps them out with their brain and their head and their trauma is that marijuana really makes them relax. Josh Gordon, I get it. You've done this for many, many, many times. This is probably the straw that breaks the camel's back. But still, NFL... Take a look at the big picture. It just sucks, man. Just get marijuana out of the NFL. Yeah, just it just it. sucks. Like, you know, this guy might not ever play another game, and you've got other guys in the league that have had domestic abuse charges, all this other stuff that is way worse, and yet this guy is going to end up not playing football anymore just because he smokes a little pot. Or a lot of pot. Well, a lot of pot, yes. Um, Julian Edelman yeah. was on the radio earlier this week saying that basically this whole Spygate 2 thing is just a big joke. Well, uh, lastly, for me this morning, we had Tom Brady on Monday, and he said that not a single player had put any thought into these uh, Spygate 2 allegations. That's what they're calling them. 
Um, I wanted to know if uh, if you had that same experience in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, it's that's pretty much a joke. Uh, we haven't even thought about it, honestly. Uh, we've, been, we've been thinking about other things, and uh, it's it's funny, but what it is, what it is. And uh, I mean, yeah. Do you think? I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. It's but ridiculous. All right. My, my focus is on the Buffalo Bills. I don't think that this is a joke. I think that the fact that you're responding like this is the joke. You get caught every, it seems like pretty much every other year, there's some kind of cheating scandal with the New England Patriots. I'm sick and tired of seeing it, and I'm sick of everyone glorifying the Patriots' run when they consistently have things like this. Like, the fact that we have a sequel to Spygate is just, that's a joke in itself. Um, Just in general, um, Julian Edelman has been caught for the substance abuse policy in the NFL. So... His whole thing to say that something like this is a joke is not relevant to me because Julian Edelman just sucks. Um, I saw this, Nick Price, where they had the 10 worst NFL teams of the decade. Why is it relevant? Here's your Chiefs talk. Number 10 is the 2019 Miami Dolphins. Number 9 is the 2011 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number 8, the 2014 Tennessee Titans. Number 7, the 2011 Indianapolis Colts. Number six, the 2016 Cleveland Browns. I think they just should have put the 2000 to 2019 Cleveland Browns. Um, number five, the 2017 Cleveland Browns. Number four, the 2013 Houston Texans. Number three, the 2010 Carolina Panthers. Number two, the 2011 St. Louis Rams. And the number one worst team of the decade, the 2012 Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the only team this decade with a minus 200 scoring margin and a minus 20 turnover margin. The 2-14 2012 Kansas City Chiefs were a bloody mess. Their two wins came by a combined nine points, one in overtime, and most of their losses were turnover-filled embarrassments. You know you're in trouble when Brady Quinn starts half of your season. At least this led to Andy Reid. There's been a lot of ups. There's been a lot of downs in this decade for the Chiefs. That was definitely the toughest season of Chiefs football I've ever had to watch. Though. So when people say, it's Andy Reid's fault. Maybe we should look at somebody else besides so Andy Reid. Yeah, I don't know Want to go back that. to being the worst team of a decade? Yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, coming up, it's how the week went, and we also give you our two-minute drill, and then we are out of there, and then it's Merry Christmas to you all. From us at Out of Bounds. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds. Saturday's live and local as we are getting ready to part ways with you on the air. Don't worry, live and local won't go away. Chris Unicero and Julio Sanchez will come right behind us and give you that Chiefs talk that you so desire. Text line 69306. Regarding Home Alone, I was wondering if the mom was maybe the primary breadwinner in the family. Do you guys have an opinion on that? I feel like she could be. She just seems very forgetful and seems to be like the one that's trying to keep the family together. Like maybe she was a stay-at-home mom. Right. She, seemed, kind of that, she but... seems like the most concerned, but she's still like not getting things done about it. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, from the 785, love you guys. However, stupid take. You can make millions if you don't smoke weed, so don't smoke. I, look, man, I'm totally in agreement with that. I get it. Like, you have a career. Like, I have guys that became firefighters. I have guys that became safety constructors. All this type of stuff that smoked in college. And when they got that job, they were like, okay, I'm not going to smoke marijuana anymore because I'm going to get randomly tested. And I can and make I a bunch of money it. if I don't. And that's exactly what they did. So I get that. But again, 
it's a different type of life because it's the NFL where people like Joe Montana, the best quarterback of all time underneath Tom Brady, some say, literally supports and is an investor in marijuana brand. Like, he literally has a – he's invested in a marijuana company. He hasn't admitted or not if he smokes or not, but he does know that it affects the brain in different ways that they can relax in. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that Josh Gordon's smart. We all we, – we basically said he got caught. Again, we were hesitant about it. Again, December 21st is the date with the coldest record, highest temperature in Kansas City. Today's record high is 63, set in 1893. No other date has a colder record high. Today is the first day of winter, and thank you very much – for joining us on the first day of winter. But we remember how this week was as we set you up for what was this week and how it goes from Monday all the way to Tuesday, all the way to Friday. And I bet you remember this at the beginning of the week when Jason Lockenfora had his opinion about Terrell Suggs. Uh, just because of what he's, what he's been telling people for three days, uh, you know, since, since he sort of executed his, his release from the Cardinals, which is that, unless he was going home to play for the Ravens and try to win another, and I mean metaphorically home, because he's obviously from Phoenix, which is the Phoenix area, which is why he ended up out there as a free agent this time around anyway. Um, but that unless it was a chance for that homecoming, then, you know, he felt like he had played his last down of football. Um, and that was conveyed to some teams that were interested, and that was certainly conveyed to Suggs' buddies throughout the room, and it was – Definitely conveyed to the Ravens locker room. Um, you know, now that he's been claimed, could, could you know, could someone or something sort of talk to him, or could he sit down and with his advisors and decide that, well, you know what, that's a great team, and maybe it makes sense for me. I guess he could, but that's not the signal he's been sending out, um, really, for again through the whole weekend. And then Pro Football Focus's Mike Garofalo had this to say when it reversed to Terrell Suggs, who was what was the biggest signing for the Chiefs this week and basically the biggest news this week. Uh, it's a special connection for Terrell Suggs to Baltimore, and so that's the place that he thought, well, if it's not going to finish out here in Arizona like I had thought, let me go back there and let me see if I can maybe be part of a Super Bowl run. But then once it happened that he was claimed by the Chiefs, he, he looked up and he said, okay, this is a pretty good team. They've got a shot at the Super Bowl, certainly if they can get another pass rusher on Steve Spagnuolo's defense. And then he looked around, I'm told, he saw the roster, Tyron Matthew, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Wow, there are a lot of good players on this team, a lot of players that I would love to be a teammate of. So, yeah, he's going to be in there uh, and, and be a perhaps integral part of a team that's trying to make a push. Then, of course, it was good morning football on Tuesday morning that liked to say, well, maybe this Chiefs defense is good. Their offense was great last year, too. It's the defense that's so different. They gave up three points last night, and they gave up even less earlier this season, and the Raiders did nothing against them, and the Patriots did nothing against them. And they got Tyron Matthew right now playing really good football, and he's also being used in a different way. He was covering Cortland Sutton a lot of times one-on-one. Look at this play here. This is Drew Locke looking, and look who's breaking it up in the end zone. It's Honey Badger. Badge. Like, that's a safety playing corner. He takes on the number one wide receiver, no problem. They added so many talented players on this defense. That's going to be the difference maker. So are they hitting their stride? Look what they're doing to these other teams. Like, this is Honey Badger in coverage on a number one wide receiver. Mm -hmm. You don't see that from a lot of safeties. He does it. does it with aggression. And he's setting the tone. I'm telling you, this Chiefs defense is not only different than last year. They're up there with some of the best units in the league right now. Mm -hmm. They're playing that well. And then all the players got to talk on Wednesday. And even though there was a one-on-one -on -one basketball game that was going very intense in the Chiefs locker room, Terrell Suggs spoke to the media and Pete Sweeney. You know, it's hard to turn down the reigning MVP, you know, and a, a playoff team. 
and you know just the exciting things that they're doing this atmosphere it was kind of hard to turn down you know i was really uncertain about uh you know my future last week but and it was just like with a coach uh, i talked to coach and you know just a brief brief conversation i was like okay okay well, let's see and once terrell suggs was signed then the chicago media reporters just got completely savage when it came to asking Mitchell Trubisky about Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Mitch, do you envision it being any sweeter to get where those guys are because of the road you've had to go? You know, if you've, you've taken the tougher road when you look ahead, you know? Compared to what? Compared to what, where Mahomes and Watson are. When you, if, when you get to where they are, assuming that's your goal, is it that, will it be that much sweeter for you, do you think? Because you know, are you motivated by that? Uh, I don't need any outside motivation to motivate myself. I mean, um, I'm trying to be the best I could possibly be. That's it, point blank simple. I mean, um, that's it. Good luck, Mitch. I can tell you're frustrated. And now it's Saturday, and the Chiefs are waiting for one team to beat the New England Patriots, and that's the Buffalo Bills. And here's their big Ric Flair superstar fan. All right, Bills fans. It's time! And this is what it's time for. This message is all about time let's talk about who we're playing saturday we're playing the dreaded new england patriots well i got a message for all of you patriot fans out there but mostly this is for brady are you ready this is an hourglass and you know why i got an hourglass brady because time is running out baby we're going to take this division title all the way. Time is running out. Yeah! I'm telling you, man, it's been yeah. a week. Yeah, that guy definitely smoked some cigs. It's been a hell of a week when it comes to Chiefs news, Chiefs audio, and Chiefs reports. Two-minute warning. That'll bring us to the two-minute warning. What the heck? Let's go. And in this show on the two-minute warning, coming up next is Overtime with Chris Unicero and Julio Sanchez. Um, before us, Brandon Kylie was on with the leadoff with Live and Local. It's a great time. Thanks for coming out today. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad everybody had a good time. Again, thanks to thanks to Big Lance, man. Uh, he got us two Huge pizzas on out, the man. price of the so house, nice. man. Great idea. I appreciate that, Lance. Thanks for being a local supporter. Thanks for joining our show and helping us out with the food that helped us feed us today because I got to go straight from here to the other job. Uh, to fulfill this Saturday. I know Nick's got to do Christmas shopping because he's a so scumbag. Much. Yeah. That's right. Haven't started. Um, yeah, man. It's uh, it's Bills, man. Go take care of business, Bills Mafia. We're all here with you in Kansas City. Nick Price said he'd do an elbow drop through a flaming table. I don't believe he will, but I'd love to see it. Shirtless, I hope. That's You'd unnecessary. Love to see it. You do love to see it. Thanks for everybody that listened today on Live and Local. Um, again, Sunday, full slate of stuff. Steven Serta's fantasy show starts at 9 o'clock, goes till 10 I'll take over from 10 to noon, filling in for the big guy because he's got later duties that day. Because at 5.20, Arrowhead Pride pregame show starts with Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson. And then right after the game, right after that Chiefs-Bears game where Patrick Mahomes gets to show the Bears fans what they really, truly missed out on, Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Nagy and Andy Reid, Terrell Suggs and Khalil Mack. There's no connection there, but it could be. Then it's the Arrowhead Pride postgame show with Jay Bingley and Pete Sweeney, and Nick Price is with them all day, baby. That's right. Thanks again. Hope everybody has a good holiday. Hanukkah starts Sunday. Christmas is on Wednesday. The new year comes around the corner. 
Today's the first day of winter. The days are just going to get shorter. You hate this time of year, but at least all the snow's gone. So that's kind of nice. Cheers me up a little and bit. And it's supposed to be like 55 degrees through Christmas. So I know the guy that's getting ready to come on the air next loves that. The hell with snow and cold weather. He's got 60 degrees. He'll be in shorts all Christmas. Maybe not. Buccaneers down by three against the Texans. KU loses. Number one seed loses once again. For everybody listening out of bounds today, we appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Everybody have a good holiday. Have a good Christmas. Have a good Hanukkah. Take care. Listen to Overtime next with Julio Sanchez and Chris Unicero. One more time. Thank you, Lance, for the pizza, man. We truly appreciate it. Take care, Kansas City. Happy holidays. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.